I'm Athena Silver. I'm Anya River. And we are the Rebel Crow. Athena is a professional psychic medium and tarot reader, among other things. Anya is a tarot reader and an astrologer, among other things. We are so excited to invite you to check out our weekly podcast, where we have fun talking about magic, tarot, mythology, astrology, and everything witchy. Find us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms at the Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Um, we put out a podcast episode weekly. Um, you can find more information at rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Hi, guys. I'm Anya River. We have such an interesting episode planned for you guys tonight, an interview of a very special and influential guest. And I'm so excited. I'm totally a fangirl, but whatever. (laughs) You guys are going to love it. This is a huge night, and we're so happy that you're all joining us. Um, So stay tuned. So we are so excited to introduce author and curandera, Erica Buenaflor. Erica has a master's degree in religious studies with a focus on Mesoamerican shamanism and healing. Uh, She has been a practicing curandera for 20 years, and she is an amazing author of books about curanderismo. Welcome, Erica. We are so happy you came on, and it was lovely to speak with you. Thank you, Athena. Thank you, Anya. So yes, uh, so yes, I'm going to be talking about my book, Sacred Energies of the Sun and Moon, and interweaving some of the practices, some of the mythologies about the different times of the day, and how we can use it in our everyday life. And also some of my favorite things I like to do with working with the sun and the moon and different uh, ceremonies and different intentions and how to interweave working with both the sun and the moon. Um, I'm a professional tarot reader. And tarot is like my heart and soul. I love how you incorporated tarot into this book. Um, I am not happy with most tarot books, but I have to say <laughs> what you have included. I'm like, I love this. Um, the, the way that you worked with tarot when you were working with um, the morning, uh, the sunrise, that never dawned on me. I am a night worker. So the, the thought of A, getting up that early, <laughs> and B, uh, pulling out my cards in the daytime like that, it, you know, it, it was like that light bulb moment for me. And just the way that you were able to express how to take a situation that you're seeing and work it with intention and energy and love to change it into something else was just, it was really beautiful, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, it, it definitely comes from that understanding too. I mean, that's what they, they did a lot. And even in bringing a baby into this world, they did it at when it was like the, the sunrise, you know, and mm-hmm. right there, they were like, they were doing a reading, but they were also creating at the same time too, by looking at it. And then like saying, you know, like manifesting something and bringing it in and using the power of creation and recreation and birth during the morning. So it was believed that that was in the morning when you were doing divination because it was believed that the, and it's still to this day, 
you know, it's still to this day, a lot of the Quran that, especially the Maya, the very strong belief that when they're doing a reading, you know, Tarot reading, it's also about creation. Yeah. They're going to tell you what they are, but those are probabilities. They're statisticians. Mm-hmm. You know, those are probabilities. And if you want that to go this way, you need to do also do, need to do X, Y, and Z. So they would do ceremonies around that to do readings and creating something into being. I have worked with tarot that way as in the guise of um, doing a reading for myself, seeing, assessing a situation and asking my ancestors and spirits, like, what do I need to do to really seal this in? And they'll, they'll tell me, you know, either burn another candle or, you know, have some bath or some suggestion or some herb to work with. And it's just, again, I never thought sunrise. It was like revolutionary. So the other question I had for you was the way the working with the midnight rites with tarot, you called it La Cruz, which is the cross. It was, um, a, wonderful tarot spread for manifesting and for seeing things that were hidden. And it was very interesting. Can you explain a little bit about how you came across that or how it was taught to you or how you came up with it? Because it was really interesting. Sure. The first time it was done for me, I was seeing uh, one of my mentors down. He's actually in uh, by the Chetumal area. He's one of the, he was one of the caretakers of the sacred sites, Don Fernando. And I was basically going in, one of my mentors, Malina, uh, sent me to him. And I, at the time, he wasn't, I wasn't going there for mentorship. I was mm-hmm. going there for myself for Olympia, you know, to like clear some stuff, right? Because I knew there was something going on. And she's like, go to him. Yep. <laughs> Clean off the ick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, it, was, it was really amazing how he did it. I mean, he used the uh, day sign cards. And they were just like basic, like the basic, the actual Zolkin, the divinatory day sign cards of, of the Maya. And then he put them out in a cross. And then the middle one was basically like the theme, right? It's mm-hmm. like something that explains like what is going on. And at the time I just was like, I didn't know, like there was just something funky going on. Yeah. And then, you know, at the, at the, at the side of the West, that's basically the, which is the underworld, like a, a gift that I have or something that I have that. I haven't been, um, I just haven't been made myself aware of, right? And then yeah. another one was, you know, on the East, which was a side of the gift that I have that I do have that I just haven't been using. And then mm-hmm. at, the, at the very South, it was a side of um, basically a path, a path that I'm going on. Like it's, it, it basically tells me like what my path is looking like, what have been the influences. And then at the North, the North was a space of, this is the exito. This is what the outcome looks like, right? And then he used, he used, he used various ones, but the first time he used corn. You yeah. know, sometimes he put flour, sometimes he put water. He put, you know, the one that I have in the book is like the basic one, but then yeah. he made like more complicated things too. And he'd always teach me different readings. But the, the, the tirada, that, that cross or that, that throw, it was basically, that was basically it like showing like a story of what's going on and helping me to see. And, um, and it was very interesting because after that, you know, after the Olympia, he gave me the reading. He just, he just looked at me. He's like, he's like, I, it's like, I don't remember like the price that he charged. I was like, what? <laughs> In a like, good way or that? a bad way? Oh, it was like expensive. <laughs> I had to go to the ATM. I was just like, whoa, my head was like blown off. I was like, whoa. And he's like, I was like, you need it. 
He's like, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna you know, there's some stuff going on that I need to do. And, and I, and I kind of knew, and I was like, okay. And then I was riding home and writing from Chetumal area. And I was going back to where I was at, which was Bacalar, back to Malina. And on my way back, my tires blew out. Okay. Wow. And I was writing and it wasn't like, it's not the US where you have like a phone, you know, like a phone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you're in the dirt and the dust. <laughs> no, and not just that, but like on the right side of me, it was like, it's like a cliff pretty much. Not like, like <laughs> oh, a cliff, gosh. but it was like, and my, if my car would have went off, I would have just bam, been yeah, done. You would have been done. So it just like it like luckily I I, I spotted. I felt something, so I, I pulled over immediately. And at that time, the week that I went there, the week before, there had been um, there had been a hurricane that came in mm-hmm. and wiped out like wiped out many of the villages. So I was there, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do because I there's no I didn't have a phone. You know, mm-hmm. I was like in the middle, like kind of like nowhere. There wasn't like, it, there was nothing. For yeah, it must have been terrifying. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things that I just knew that I was going to be okay. Yeah. And I was like waiting there. And I think like maybe within an hour, the, um, these white, they're called like angels or like angel, they're, they're, they're called angels that they actually go into the indigenous when there's like a, like a crisis like that. They mm-hmm. go into a lot of the indigenous villages and they help feed them. They help care for them. They actually happen to be driving by, oh happen to like help me change my tire so I could get back. And, and they're safe. called angels. So yeah, <laughs> and it was one of those things that I knew that what he had done, like, cause he, he read, he's like, no, there was something definitely like big yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. And that could have been a lot was- worse. Exactly. Exactly. And it was just like everything. I was just like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it was, on, it was, so since we're on the personal side, I, I have to ask you, um, reading your first book, you talked about the accident that you had. When I was reading that book, I was drawing a lot of parallels to my own story about um, chronic illness and the places that it took me and what I got out of it. And um, I wanted to ask you, when it was happening, did you feel like your gifts were opening up? Like you were brought to a place that most people don't go? You know, it was one of those things for me to like, I had to stop doubting. Mm-hmm. Because before that, I, I just, I, I really was fighting it. I was really fighting it. And I remember even my, my second year of law school is when I met my first set of mentors. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first limpi that I had with Don Tomas, he looked at me and I told him, you know, I was like, oh, my last school, I'm going to be an attorney. He began just laughing hysterically. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you're not going to like it. That's not who yeah. you are. And I just, I, I just was like, okay, <laughs> fine, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You know, yeah. I'm going to be doing social justice issues. And I was very, you know, and I'm still very much like into things like that, but it just took on a very much a very different mindset that I was at. So yeah. after my accident, it was like, I knew that if I start, if I continued to doubt, I was going to be handicapped the rest of my life. I was going to be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. And I mean, it was just like thing after thing. I mean, when they put my bones came out of my heel. They put my bones back in with, with the bacteria and I got yeah. severe myelitis. And then six weeks later, they're like, we're going to have to amputate your foot. Oh my gosh. And yeah. Yeah. I, I knew at that point, it's like, 
And I heard, and I remember I was like lying down and I heard, and I don't know how I knew who it was, but I knew Archangel Michael told me to use the Blu-ray. I didn't know how it was Michael. I didn't know. I didn't question it. I was like, I am blue. (laughs) (laughs) I am blue. The moment I did that, I saw myself outside of my body and I saw myself shape-shifting and I saw these electrical surges going through my body and I saw myself as beings that artists have painted with this blue aura around them mm-hmm. as, as, as Mikael, as Krishna and just different beings. And then the next morning after my surgery, the doctors didn't give me any, anything different. I was on the same IV antibiotics I had been on. They had already done three debris and the bacteria wasn't going away. It was eating it half away of my bones. Yeah. And that morning, it just change like that. Mm-hmm. I got to keep that's my amazing. That's incredible. I mean, I mean but there were, there were like so many things because I was so friggin' stubborn. I think if yeah. anything, it was, it was opening in the way that like there, everyone was like, all oh, my answers were like, really, you're going to be that stubborn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to learn the hard way. That's, that's the part I really, truly connected with. For me, um, I went into depression. And what hit me was when they told me that I was going to be in pain for the rest of my life. It took me about a year and a half to like, settle into what that meant. And part of me was like, had to have a funeral for the life that I thought I was going to live. And when I went through that act of grieving and, and releasing it, it just it, it, I could see things differently. You know, I was like, the point before that I was literally waiting to die, you know, sitting around, closing everything off, pushing everybody away. And when I decided I need to live, I need to find something to live for. That's when spirituality really stepped in and, and put everything back together for me. I needed like the kick in the ass down the hill, down a perpetual flight of stairs, before I was like, all right, I hear you that I'm going to, you know, answer the phone. Please stop. You're going to kill me. (laughs) Yeah. It was interesting to read your account of, of what you went through, because it definitely made me realize like, okay, I'm not alone in this, that this happens in an extreme case. (laughs) It it was definitely like um, a big thing is just opening me up to so many different traditions. And just yes. start paying attention, you know, because I, re- I didn't grow up Catholic. And I remember mm-hmm. I was walking by, you know, back when I was still working as an attorney, I was walking by my secretary's desk and I heard, because I that, that morning I was, saw this saint with these animals all around him. And I was told, you know, St. Francis of Assisi. And I had kind of heard it, but I didn't know. And I started mm-hmm. seeing the story. And then I was walking by our af- office and they're like, by, by our desk. And they, they told me, ask her about him. So I turned and I asked her, I'm like, do you know about St. Francis of Assisi? And she had just been to that, the cathedral, like that weekend and heard all, oh, these, I love it. And all these stories. <laughs> and it, I mean, just like, just to like, listen, mm-hmm. like it, like that really helped me just to like, be more humble, be more humble and listen. I That's had a really force me to be, I mean, it was, it was that, that was more than anything to start because it's the ego that wants to question things that wants to doubt everything, oh, wants yeah. to have everything precise. It was just like, you know, it just be humble, just embrace and listen and just roll with it. Yeah. That's, I had that's a similar, great advice for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar experience with our lady Guadalupe. Um, I went through about a six month period where I was seeing her image everywhere. 
her. I was meeting all these people that had a connection with her. And finally, I was like, I just need to ask what's up. <laughs> and <laughs> I looked up her story and just the connection that she had to the indigenous people, um, what she came and represented and just every, even just, even the physical parts of her story that are left, like I just, I don't know, like I felt such a deep connection to a culture that's not mine, but it felt like it was so close to me. It was, it was very strange, but it put me on this path of trying new traditions, opening up and learning about people and what people think. And it brought me to the conclusion of, we are all the same. We just call each other different names. We live in different places and we practice different things, but we are all in this. <laughs> so it's, it's really cool to see how um, you can be connected to somebody else so far away on the map, you know, but still have that deep spiritual connection. Yeah, and the opportunity to learn each other's nuances. Definitely. And, and learn stories, right? Yeah, and share. The best part is the sharing. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see. I... Okay, so my next question is, what are the necessary steps to get into uh, practicing Quirandadismo? Like, how would you say to somebody who's never heard of this practice before, like, how do you introduce it to them? Well, I mean, I think it's going to look different for everybody mm -hmm. and depend on where you're at, because I mean, the, the thing is we live in a very different time, you know, back in the days, because one of the things that there's, there's different misconceptions, a lot of misconceptions about curanderismo, you know, sometimes people like, they think that like curanderics, you know, and I say curanderics is incorporating everybody, um, yes. that they would go and you'd go to them and they would mentor you, but it was really like a, a craft that was, that was taught within the family within mm -hmm. certain like knits mm -hmm. like close like it was because it was something that was their livelihood it was a trade you know it was oh, something okay. that was valued it wasn't like you just go to me like teach me this and they would teach I mean this was something that was usually done within the family because it was yeah. part of a trade it was something that like it was believed that their son or their, their daughter or their granddaughter would have the don you know the gift the healing gift from God so mm -hmm. Even then, and even then, it's like how they would learn. It was usually within the family or a relative, yeah. something along those it's, lines. It's like that way with brujaria. Um, in a lot of, there's like closed family traditions. So it's, it's, it's interesting that it's very similar. And over the, over the many years, it has changed. Mm -hmm. It has changed because it, and it also depends on what part of uh, the Americas you're at too. Because, you know, in, in different parts of Mexico, it looks radically different in the yeah. Yucatan that it does in Chihuahua or in Oaxaca, or it's just very much so because in the Yucatan, where I was, did a lot of my mentoring, it was a lot more indigenous. It was just a lot more my indigenous influence traditions, mm -hmm. you know, it's, so it's, it's different where you go. And in terms of the men, the mentors there were, they like, and how it worked with me, I wasn't intending ever on being a curandera. I wasn't like, I I'm going to grow up and be a good on that. That never <laughs> like the same way. <laughs> it just didn't. I had like a different plan. You know, yeah. I had a different plan. But all my mentors were like, what are you doing? Even my professors, <laughs> even my professors in college, when I told them I was going to be an attorney, they're like, why would you do that? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you needed to. You needed to get through it. You so, know, 
it comes yeah, in I handy. Think, <laughs> I think, and I think, I think nowadays, um, what's really beautiful too, what's coming out with a lot of, you know, the, the younger generation, um, or I'm part of that too, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> new generation say that a lot more people are coming out of the closet and saying, or they're just coming out and embracing that and, and being a part of community and they're being, you know, they're, they're learning the ways of curanderismo. You know, they're, they're, they're reading books, they're learning because now we have access to so many things on a virtual side of life. And then yeah. having community where you can have it in person and a virtual community where those things are, are like you weave and, um, you know, then you take a lot of the, the, the classes, you, you read a lot and you start practicing and you start bringing it in. And honestly, because it took me 18 years to really come out and say, yes, I'm a curandera. Yeah. Even though my mentors had told me a long time, like, this is who you are. You know, but there were a lot of things within me that I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. I feel the same way when I have studied, you know, shamanism in different forms and curanderismo for a while. And I still don't feel comfortable. Like it's, it's a point where it's a spiritual practice for me. I, yes, I may offer help here and there, but I'm doing it ultimately to enrich my soul and to fulfill my purpose, you know, and I guess maybe one day I will get down the road to where I'm open about it, you know, but for now, it's like, I just want to keep it for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it, it means more that way. I don't know for me somehow it one day, one day I'll get up the nerve, but not today. (laughs) well you know what's very different too about curanderismo you can't get a certificate yes yes a hundred percent you know (laughs) a lot of people feel like they want to get a certificate in x y or in z because that 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 will give them validation yes that will give them they have you know initials behind their name or you know that that will give them validation in their healing practice but honestly what gives validation is practice community Mm -hmm. word of mouth and, you know, having people share stories about you and, you know, just doing what you do. And, you know, Curandera will never be like, here's your, your certificate. In <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm- not, it's not so, it's, it's a very, it's a tradition that, that brings you in. It's literally yes. something that the, the, the practice, the ancestors, everyone, the community, like they take you in and like you accept each other. And you mm-hmm. embrace each other, you know. I'm just really hoping is. somebody writes it on my tombstone at the very least. That's when I'll come <laughs> out. <laughs> is after the fact? Oh, she was a lovely curandera, but she never told anybody. <laughs> um, I have a question um, that's related to what you were talking about. Um, I've noticed that it is a little bit harder when you are an English speaker to find proper mentorship, especially an old school one-on-one mentorship. It's been an ongoing problem for a friend. For curanderismo? For curanderismo, for shamanistic practices, animistic practices. It's very hard. Well, I mean, you know, it depends on where you want. Because, like, for example, Cheo Torres, he he has a class on curanderismo I've at the University of New Mexico. <laughs> and I actually, love him. <laughs> yeah, and he actually has online courses on curanderismo. You know, you, you won't be able to take about um, the Temascal, the sweats, because he does have that. He interweaves that in his classes. But, I mean, they have, there's a lot more people out there that it's much more accessible. It's yes. much, much more accessible. You know, it's like, 
I mean, you know, when I started, it's like I was going to Mexico like every four months and I was studying, you know, four to six months. I was going continuously and I, I still go. I mean, I'm still. And that's the one thing, too, is that as um, in this practice, you never stop being a, a student. hundred you know, percent. Right now, I'm 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 like when I'm going there, I'm, I'm going to have a place in Isaman. There's actually Yerbero that I still I still learn from. You know, I'm still like, and I'm going to be like having a few days of mentoring with him, you know, as the years go, it's like one of those things that, you know, if you have somebody willing to share their traditions, yeah, you know, it's, that's beautiful. But the curanderismo nowadays is a lot more accessible. Yeah. Significantly more accessible. So, so much for coming on. You know, I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the wisdom that you have given us through your books and your research. It's, it's really nice being on the outside, looking in from the sidelines, seeing a fellow Latina doing her thing. It's really nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Erica, it was such a treat, such a pleasure. And I'm so happy that you, that you came and spent time with us tonight. Thank and we're you. definitely going to have to have you on again. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I can't wait to read the next book. I have been waiting for it. I'm so excited. So this is Erica's book, The Sacred Energies of the Sun and Moon. She talks about um, curanderismo from the perspective of working with indigenous Mesoamerican deities um, for the sun and the moon and the different phases in which to work with them. It was very interesting. It's a very easy, um, understandable read. Um, she gives great pointers and, and rituals and, and tips and tricks. It, it's, it's a really well-rounded book. I suggest everybody get it. Um, it's available at realizeyourbliss.com. Can you tell people how they get a hold of you? Um, they can go to realizeyourbliss.com. And I have their events. I have um, the books. I have a lot of different things there and different sessions and all kinds of fun stuff. Her classes are awesome, by the way. Highly recommended. I speak from experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for all of you, we thank you. I'm Athena Silver. I'm a professional psychic medium, a healer, and a teacher myself. If anybody would like a tarot reading or a mediumship reading, my website is readingswithathenasilver.com. My Instagram is athena.silver. My Facebook is readingswithathenasilver. And my TikTok is athena underscore silver. How about you, Anya? <laughs> Hi. So I am a certified past life hypnotherapist and tarot reader. And you can reach me at Anya River, A-N-J-A-R-I-V-E-R at Facebook and Instagram. We go live every Thursday on YouTube and on all podcasting apps. We put out um, a, an episode. So if you want to track us and see what we're up to, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow the Rebel Pro Psychic Show. Have a beautiful night. Bye.